Welcome to Millennial Money Minutes, where we tackle tough personal finance topics in five minutes or less. With your host, Grant from MillennialMoney.com and Matt from DistilledDollar.com. Hey everyone, super stoked to have Jonathan Lawless uh, from Fannie Mae on the podcast today. Jonathan is uh, in charge of product development um, and affordable housing at Fannie Mae, uh, where he helps design products uh, and help make a home ownership more affordable. And I've been super impressed with everything that they're doing to, you know, not only make home ownership more affordable, but, you know, do some myth busting because a lot of people out there think that home ownership um, and down payment specifically uh, are a lot more expensive uh, than they actually are in reality. So, hey, Jonathan, and welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks a lot, Grant. Really excited about the conversation. And um, of course, it's a core mission of ours here at Fannie Mae. And uh, we want to make sure that people know what their options are, especially um, young people who are aspiring to invest in a home. So excited to talk to you. So I was really impressed with a recent survey um, that you released that uh, you, where you surveyed a thousand um, American millennials. And, and really one of the things that surprised me is that a lot of them said that uh, the biggest barrier to home ownership for them was the fact that they had student loan debt. And that's a pretty common myth out there. A lot of people think that because they have any kind of debt that they can't buy a home, but it's often the best decision to um, not only uh, you know pay down your debt, obviously, but be investing while you're doing that. And, you know, having student loan debt certainly shouldn't keep you at all from buying a home. And the other myth that really stood out to me was the fact that a vast majority of them, uh, of the survey respondents, didn't realize um, how low of a down payment you actually need. And I know the common conception is that you often need at least 20%. Can, can you talk a little bit about the survey, Jonathan, and, and some of the findings? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so we talked to a thousand um, American millennials. Um, some were homeowners, and some weren't homeowners. And we asked them a variety of questions about how they view home ownership, what they think their key barriers are to home ownership, um, and you know the answers um, were really surprising. And we knew that a, a lack of awareness of mortgage programs was going to be uh, was going to be a part of what we found, and, and we've seen that in other surveys we've done. Um, but a few things jumped out at us, and you mentioned a couple of them, and I'll, I'll put some numbers around that. Um, so starting with the uh, the down payment, um, you know, about 83% of the people we surveyed thought that they needed more than a 3% down payment to buy a home. Um, and the truth is, we have many programs in a conventional space um, that only re- or 3% down. That's a pretty big difference. Um, And a lot of folks thought you needed 20% down um, that we surveyed. So if you think about somebody $300,000 home, their preconception is that they need a full 20% or $60,000 to buy a home, when the truth is they only need 3%, which is only $9,000. And so um, so not surprisingly, the related stat that we saw is that the number one reason why people weren't buying a home for those that we surveyed that, that didn't own a home um, at 22% was they thought they couldn't uh, afford the down payment. 
so anyway, so that that was a, a big finding um, out of the survey. You know, the, the other one that you mentioned, um, which we continue to hear about, um, is the role that student debt plays. And in a lot of the focus groups we've done, um, we've heard people say that having this huge amount of student debt plus taking on another loan um, is is for them something that they feel uncomfortable doing. And so a lot of people that we surveyed said that before they buy a home, um, they're looking to pay off their debts first, which of course you don't really need to do. And um, a lot of times it takes a long time to pay off student debts. And as I know you've talked a lot about Grant, that's foregoing an opportunity to make you know, a very good investment in home ownership uh, and earn money. And so, so again, the survey that we did, we saw a lot of that, um, a lot of that thinking um, come through in the answers. Yeah, no, compounding, you know, certainly works both ways. And so if you have debt, like student loans, you want to be paying it off. But oftentimes, you know, you don't want to wait until you've paid off the entire amount of debt. You want to be investing in stocks and in real estate in order to grow your net worth while you're actually paying down your debt. Because if you wait, you know, to your point, maybe 10, 15, 20 years till you've paid off your student loans, you know, you you're going to have missed out on an opportunity to, to buy a home um, and, and, and put money that you're paying to rent into something that can appreciate and go up in value. And you're also going to miss out on you know, perhaps an opportunity to buy into a market that might be too expensive in the future. And this is you know, another common myth is that a lot of people out there think that you know, the only way they should buy a place or the only reason they should buy a place is if they're going to live in the, in, the, in the town or the city for at least five years. But in reality, the rent buy break even point, which is when um, you know, buying becomes more affordable and a better decision than renting, is actually about 2.1 years in most cities. And that's something that surprises a lot of people, the fact that you actually... to to buy a home, you don't have to live there for five years. And it can make a lot of sense if you're only going to live there for two or three years. And then I just wanted to add one more point. You know, I also, uh, when I bought my first place, I put down 5%. uh, And, you know, if I had waited until I saved up 20% down payment, I would have been completely priced out of the market where I live in Chicago. And I would have missed out on an opportunity to get in uh, when, when the prices were affordable. And, and, you know, I think one of the things that I appreciate about you, Jonathan and Fannie Mae, is that just because we're talking about a 3% down payment here, we're not talking about um, being irresponsible or using debt uh, poorly. We're to, you know, if, you, if you're not secure in your job, uh, you know, it might not make sense to buy a home. What we're talking about is the fact that it takes less money than you likely realize to buy a home, and it can be a really, really good financial decision for you. You want, you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, to address the latter point, I mean, you know, we're, we're really focused on making sure borrowers are credit worthy and responsible enough to own a home. And, and a lot of that has to do with, are they able to generate savings? You know, a borrower who has iffy credit, has missed a lot of payments, is tapping out all their income on a monthly basis so that they're unable to generate savings, and they don't have a lot of money to put down. Those are a series of risks in which, you know, Fannie Mae doesn't like to see, and, and that application is unlikely to get approved by a lender. And so, um, so you know, we really look for at least a couple of indications that the borrower is ready and creditworthy to own a home. Now, you know, the 3% thing, I mean, first of all, that's a considerable amount of money if you think about closing costs. So it already indicates that the borrower is bringing money to the table, they're making an investment, 
investment. Uh, it takes time to save up that money. And what's really critical for us is that they are able to budget and save money over time. And so another thing too, Grant, I mean, to your point, a lot of people think that you get to save up a lot more and then they put all that money into buying a home and leave themselves with very little afterwards. And that's, that's really a concern for us too, because as you know, things happen when you're a homeowner, you need to replace things. And if you don't have money that's saved up or unable to save, then that becomes a challenge. So that's, that's really a critical aspect that we, we think about um, in terms of our underwriting uh, policies and the like. And so to your other point, I mean, you know, we're not here to give financial advice, but, um, but at the end of the day, homeowner, people buy homes for a variety of reasons, some because they want long-term stability and some buy homes as an investment. And the one thing we always encourage people to do is to listen to folks like you who give the background and details that you need to think through in order to make that decision, right? That break-even point of 2.1 years in a home is reliant on home prices growing. And if you do your research and think that it's a worthy investment and risk to take, then that can really pay off. It could be even a shorter, be a shorter payoff period. And we see that home price growth in a lot of communities right now. There's just not enough homes for people to buy and home prices continue to go up. But you know, pr- people need to think about all the different aspects, um, the programs that are available to get a mortgage to buy a home, sort of ongoing cost of owning a home, and then, to your point, the upside and the benefit of owning a home as a financial investment as well. Yeah, it can be really scary. I mean, buying your first home uh, is literally one of the most important financial decisions you'll probably, you know, make uh, in your life, or at least up to, you know, this point. And I think, you know, that both scares people and just the, you know, I wish it wasn't called sort of mortgage debt. I wish it was just like mortgages because just that debt uh, word, that modifier, you know, I think scares off a lot of people. But what they don't realize is that, you know, there's good and bad debt. You know, mortgage debt is not credit card debt. You know, mortgage debt, you know, you're investing in something um, that, you know, to your point, not only has the potential to grow, but you can live in it. You know, it's your, you know, you can put down roots and at the end of the day, uh, it can often be a wiser financial decision um, to what's essentially using someone else's money, the bank's money and your own money to, uh, you know, buy into a market if you can afford it, if you're credit worthy. Um, and instead of paying a landlord, uh, pay yourself and, um, you know, don't let mortgages scare you. I know there's just a lot of a lot of sort of negative press, a lot of you know negative information out there about it. But you know, like any type of uh, financial decision, you know, if you're smart and you're responsible, it can be literally one of the best decisions uh, you'll you'll make for your financial future. It's just so excited about what you all are doing and just the level of transparency uh, and candidness and just information that you all are putting out, uh, honestly, for me, was really refreshing. And it's been awesome to work with you and just so excited with what you're doing. Thanks for listening to Millennial Money Minutes. If you liked this podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes and subscribe. If you want us to cover a specific topic, use hashtag Millennial Money on Twitter or visit millennialmoneyminutes.com.